Hello, and welcome to the podcast Used Up Pens, an interview series about the Landreth family's journey with a son and brother diagnosed with autism, Trent Landreth. On today's episode of Used Up Pens, Corey and Andrea delve into what it was like when Trent entered public school. They will also discuss what it has been like for Trent to visit typical doctor and dentist checkups growing up. Here is your host, Tristan Moore. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Use Up Pens podcast, another episode. Um, today, we're going to be talking about um, the early school-ish years of Trent, um, or years for Trent. We have said in previous episodes that Trent went to Heart Spring um, when he was a little bit older. Um, but in this episode, we're going to be talking about um, school before Heart Spring because that there's a lot to unpack there. Um, we'll talk a little bit about um, what church, what that meant um, for Trent and um, some appointments that people have to go to and how Trent handled that. So um, to start it off, we will talk about church attendance. So we've said before that we have all been pretty involved in church, um, you guys, especially when we were younger and um, kind of what that looked like. I guess, in Leon years, um, if you guys have anything to say about that. Are we starting off with that? Yeah. Okay. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was pregnant with him when we went uh, to that church. Yeah. When we started, um, when Corey started pastoring at that church. So um, had him a few months later, and it was real exciting to have a a baby in the church and everybody loved little Trent. And as he got older, um, people kind of distanced a little bit more because it was something they'd never experienced before. I'd say that people, um, cared about him, but there were just a few who were close friends of ours who really, I'd say loved him and would, um, help us when they saw we needed help in the church. And, and, um, it was just, one of those things that that people hadn't experienced much, I think. He was comfortable there. Yeah, and and I was thinking back. Uh, I was thinking about this actually the other day when when he was young. A lot of his uh, quirky things mm-hmm. were fun. <laughs> you know, I mean that. The, Do you have an example? <clears throat> well, I think I shared the the big example in the, in the episode where we talked about this a lot, but mm-hmm. you know, just like if, if you moved something, uh, like if he set things up in a certain way and you turned it a little bit, he okay, like yeah. immediately knew it and he would go, you know, and it would, it would kind so of his obsessive compulsive. Yes. Yes. And, and so when he was young, we was really young. Those things, those things were kind of fun, you, you know, it was kind of cute, but, but then he got older and then, you know, then not he so could, fun anymore. Yeah. Huh? Or <laughs> he's carrying around four veggie tails and two sippy cups in his hand, yeah. in his arms. And he's four years old or three. And he's, he's walking around trying to hold all this stuff. And, and people go, Oh, how cute. He wants to have all of his stuff. But yeah. one falls and you better get out of the oh, way because he, lo- he would lose it. it. So it was real cute. If they'd see him, oh, how cute. And yep. they didn't realize how <laughs> we're on the verge I, of we, <laughs> tantrum here if he drops Okay, one. we had taken yeah. a trip, I think, to, back to Idaho or something, or we're going to see the family, and we were coming back, and we tried to do some things that would 
you know, the kids would like. And so we stopped in Utah or something at like this dinosaur dig place. Mm -hmm. Probably for Trevor because he loved loved dinosaurs. dinosaurs. And I remember we got, we were getting all the kids (laughs) out of the vehicle. So we've got all all four kids and TJ's real little, a couple years old probably. And, and Trent gets out of the car with all of the things in his arms and something drops, like right out of the car, something drops on the ground. And he's screaming and yelling. He's so mad that he can't hold everything in his <laughs> arms at the same time. And, and you know, I mean, if, if it wasn't you, it would be kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> but, but when you're the you know it's miserable and and oh just kind of set the mood for everything and so a lot of stuff that we did i think with with you kids there was this like started out with this like overcast mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of because something had gone wrong and he yeah. he was he was mad but yeah i think uh, i think certainly you know church was a big deal for all of us and for our kids and i think it was beneficial for trent as we've said before um but yeah, people just didn't know how to like with everything. People didn't know how to handle him, didn't know how to how to deal with him. Um, and he was cute, and everybody loved him when he was younger. But then as he got older and, and it more seems aggressive, like if he was in the nursery when he was a little older and more aggressive, um, or or wherever I was with him yeah. at church, mm-hmm. I yeah. I remember putting him in the nursery when he was real, real little. Just a few times, not not yeah. a lot. I mean, it depended on the day, but um, he did not do Sunday school and those type of things mm-hmm. like the other kids did, um, unless I was right there with him. He was yeah. just too unpredictable. And I, and I think yes. And as okay, I'm going to give you public service announcement time. Um, as as upset as you might be as a parent that another child hurt your child somehow. It is way worse for the parent of the child who did the hurting. Yeah. You know, that was a huge fear of our, like, like you, we wanted Trent to be able to be involved and to do things, but there was always this fear that he was going to do something that was going to hurt another child. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we've experienced, we've been on oh, the yeah. other side of parents being horribly upset and and what it comes down to is, um, I, like how it feels is we're mad that your child has ASD. <laughs> like yeah. what, there's nothing we can do about it, yeah. and we're not going to lock him up at home right. and not. And children, no matter what, are required to be in school. So <laughs> we're like, yeah, he they you know a lot of parents don't understand that they don't work in education. They don't understand every child has a right to an education yeah. mm-hmm. um, or is required to have an education of some kind. And so it was very hard. I mean, parents would actually say, why is he in this class? Why is he here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as a parent, you're like, what, what am I supposed to do? Right. Yeah. And it, it, yeah. yeah, it's very heartbreaking. Right. Yeah. Um. So how did that translate over to I guess yeah school or were there any other um fears that you had of him school was a school was a challenge he was good because it was a little bit of a break for us yeah you know that he was in school and I could kind of go back to work and like you know there for a while was Mm -hmm. Trent was home I had to be home so if he was gone for a few hours of the day then that meant that we could (laughs) yeah 
do things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not always did you have to be home when he was home. Right. There were, I mean, most of the time I could be with him, but there were just yeah. bouts of time that he was so aggressive that yeah. you had to be there too. Mm-hmm. He was very, very, very strong. Very strong. <laughs> At a very yeah. young age. Um, I worried about him fleeing uh, because he did go through a, I, I call it his running phase when he was five or six. And I did worry about him leaving the building. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, having worked in schools now, uh, I know that just happens mm-hmm. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and people, people have procedures for that, but, uh, he did outgrow that after about six months. So it didn't continue to be a fear, mm. but he's been in like, just to give you some context, he's been in some type of school he was very young because he yeah because he wasn't hitting he those started, milestones he qualified he for, started just before three years old with early childhood i think yeah. he started at two years nine months actually yeah like right when school started and uh and not only did he go to um that was just like early childhood day, though, intervention that was half day but then he went to head start the other half of the day yeah so he was in school all day uh starting at at almost three years old and yeah, yeah. that was very helpful but also very stressful yeah because yeah, because at years, any day we could get we could a call get called, that yeah. he had, you know, he'd hurt somebody, and 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 often we we were being told that he had gone mm-hmm. after a teacher. Usually it was it was other uh, like a staff person yeah. or something. But did it, you get a lot of angry staff members trying to talk to you? Like was really other weird. We're, thankfully, Not most teachers, most staff that have worked with him like loved him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, it, it was but, the toughest for the paras. Was, yeah. Um, the, the teachers he that worked with him, the special ed teachers that worked with him, uh, you know, they they tried to handle it the best they could. Uh, the paras didn't always make it. They they always thought he was a sweet boy, but they didn't. We talked about that before. Yeah. Um, but uh, there there were some times that was very difficult. He went. He was in different. He was in a different school for kindergarten than for early childhood because he went to a higher knee classroom. And he had a pretty good year near the end of the year. He had potty trained, mm. which was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, we and we two. decided to bring yeah. him back to our homeschool in Leon. Yeah. So first grade, he was he was there in Leon. And all four kids were in the same... Well, yeah, TJ was early childhood. So they were all four in the school. The only time ever. Yeah, the only <laughs> year ever. But it was a nightmare because it was my, I started teaching in January of that year. So for the last half of the year, I got to hear him screaming. In the other room. Yeah. I mean, he would be in the very end of one hall and I would be across the school and I could hear him. And I decided I wasn't going to step in. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was the toughest. I would go in the bathroom and cry and listen to him mm-hmm. and just wait, wait it out. And, um, and they would call you, mm-hmm. uh, to, to come if they needed to, but, but then they just, then we decided it was best that he'd be in a higher learning classroom, but it was, which one is best in the County. Yeah. This one can meet his academic needs, but they can't meet his behavioral needs. This one can meet his behavioral needs, but they can't meet his academic needs. If he hadn't have been so darn smart, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, might've yeah. been a little easier to find a placement for him, but yeah, yeah it, he, he, I think we decided he'd been in six classrooms six different classrooms bef- by the time years, he was 11. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So uh, that was, that was, was right. 11 I, when he went to heart spring. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Mm. And I, I, th- the thing that I remember is 
you know, every time we went to have a meeting with a new, with a potential new classroom teacher or staff or whatever, like I think every single time that that teacher, like, and this is like this is good for them, like it's good for them, but they they were like, oh, I can handle Trent. You yeah. know, like I've, I, I've got this and this and I've t- worked with these kids and I've done this and mm-hmm. I, I'll like, we had teachers going, I'll get him to talk <laughs> or I'll get him to this or, you know, like all these things. And then, and then like a month in we hear, oh, that, that teacher is out in the hallway crying because they can't, mm-hmm. can't handle him. <laughs> he and, was yeah. tough. And there was yeah. a little bit of, you know, I just, I guess a little sadistic or something, but there was a little bit of like, huh told you so (laughs) you know they always thought they could get it yeah and I'm glad they went in there believing that but yeah he he broke a lot of (laughs) well and I really um not just because I work for the special education interlocal but I mean they they were really good about listening to us and and hearing us when we said this is not working out you know then they would try to find a better fit and the teachers sometimes are the ones who said that but i felt like we never weren't heard we never mm. um yeah. were forced to do anything we didn't want to do yeah That's and good. in our position with trent and and doing the art and and taking him around and stuff we've heard a lot of horror stories from oh yeah parents in other yeah. states and other districts and stuff where their their child's needs are basically just going unmet because the district is fighting them every step yeah. of the way. And that was not our experience at all. Mm-hmm. Um, the district was very good at yeah. listening to us and working with us. And I've heard too that your county is like one of the best in the air or the best in yeah. the area for special education. Yeah. Like listening to parents and mm-hmm. meeting oh, yeah. the needs. Oh yeah. Yeah, I don't know how many people we've seen. And when Trent you was You just need to move to Butler County. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when Trent was 8 years old, he was they were having a very hard time with him and and we were actually asked by the director of special ed to go visit Heart Spring. And when we visited and I can't remember if we've talked about this before or not, but we when we visited there, it was a bit scary. Mm-hmm. Uh there were great big kids being restrained by great big men in the hallway. And there was, yeah, it looked like they had people, football teams yeah, of, of guys, there great were big guys, kids wearing helmets and gloves and all this protective gear because they scratched and they bit. And, they, oh, yeah. and it, it was just a bit shocking to see all of that and to think, does my child belong here? Oh yeah. And at the time, I don't think I was ready to admit, yes, my child belongs no. here. How old was he when you, he was eight. When you when visited. that when we had when that we first initial yeah vi- yeah and but so we, but, but I think you're I, right I think most of that was for us it was oh yeah it was it our was own. the shock of yeah. like no our just kid an, and can't. just admitting yes he belongs oh, yeah. in this environment yeah. no, he is was, at yeah, this level huge, that was a mental thing we but had, then um, thing we had to get through but then we had a meeting again with his his team his current team and and they said they were going to do their best to try to replicate what they could what they were doing at heart spring and, and, you know, we, it bought us some more time. He yeah. was 11 when, when, you know, we yeah. finally made that decision, but, but, and I don't remember if we've talked about this before, but you know, because of my, uh, because of being a, a pastor, mm-hmm. I, I had some freedom and at that, and at this point, so we had planted real life already and, and, and I wouldn't even, I don't even think I was getting paid at that point to do it. And so, 
there was there was a, a was a year a whole year part of a year where I went and worked at the school I think it was, that he I was think in. it was that he was um he was going to start in Hearts at Hearts Spring in August and we needed to get through the summer you may have started there in the spring. I, I think I you did started a there in the spring. I did the summer and then a some and then like the so first it's semester. So probably hmm. a, it's probably the spring semester then all summer. Yeah. And then he went yeah, to Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. because they couldn't they had four adults just for him mm-hmm. and a separate classroom to restrain him in and he was not yeah, with peers. Yeah, he literally had his own classroom. So he wasn't even being included in yeah. in with mm-hmm. the rest of the kids and and the the staff and was, was so, much so staff. yeah he and and the, you know there were there were things that you learn about Trent and so there were like he could pinch really hard mm-hmm. but he could also just put his hand on you like he was going to pinch and not actually pinch you mm-hmm. well it got to the point with the staff that if he'd make any movement like that they would freak out and yeah. you know they just and and but we'd learn to to know you know, the difference, I guess. Yeah. And so, yeah. so I was, I went in there and worked with him. So I was, yeah, that was. And he also, I, with know, him at I didn't know at home all that. day and then at school all day. Mm-hmm. Then, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. That's how they got through the summer. Yeah. Okay. How did Trent um, fare socially with other children? In your opinion. Maybe that question could be best asked. Uh, how didn't Trent fare socially <laughs> with others? I don't know. Yeah, we have on one of our applications, it says like, how interested is your child in other people? And it says like, very interested, kind of interested, not really interested, very disinterested, extremely disinterested. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, Trent especially now likes to be with people. He likes people to be around him. But he doesn't know how to interact with them. And so mm-hmm. a lot of our interaction with Trent is us, um, you know, talking to him or laughing with him, getting getting him to laugh or, um, you know, it's uh, it's not typical interaction with a 23-year-old. But when he was... But that was the same when yeah. he was younger. I mean, When he was changed. real little, that was appropriate. And other children played the same way. And so um, he he didn't... I mean, it's always been that loud noises bother him. Spontaneity scares him. You mm-hmm. know, he's startled easily. Um, I mean, you couldn't really say he had friends because he couldn't yeah. interact with them. But um, other kids, when he was real little, especially other kids really liked him because he was kind of like uh, a little brother or something. Mm-hmm. But as he got older, that got harder because little brother he didn't he didn't <laughs> change in that social interaction, and they did. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, about um, like some of the things you see on TV in regards to uh, people with ASD, and and uh, like especially like show appropriate things that we've seen. You know, there have been more shows with mm-hmm. individuals with ASD on you know primetime TV, essentially yeah. or whatever, but. Um, one of the things that they that it looks like is that those individuals want to be involved mm-hmm. in social settings and situations. They just don't know how to right. act in those settings, and right. so that's what causes the problem. The hidden but I curriculum. Think with, <laughs> I think with Trent, like we like we've said, like jokingly, we've said the the reason 
he doesn't talk is that he's never found anybody interesting enough to talk to. <laughs> that he just, because he knows words, yeah. he knows how to say things. But he does not understand He language. doesn't understand. And so I said it's just a, it's a jokey thing. But it's like, it's almost like at some point he's going to, going to meet somebody and he's just going to go, oh, this person's worth talking to. <laughs> and then he's going to have this big conversation. I feel um, like if that's that were, I feel like if that were a thing, it would have been Kendall Brown. Oh, and then yeah. like yeah. doing art together, yeah, right. drawing yeah. together. Yeah, probably would have. Yeah, they were. Yeah, sorry, Kendall's not talking to you. <laughs> they had some similar things, but uh, yeah. So like, I'm just like from the social standpoint and interaction with other people, he just never really... Well, and okay. we people are tools to him. Yeah, like a fork. Like you were talking s- about, um, the people that we see in as characters on TV shows are very high functioning almost always. Yeah, and and they're, well, they're and they're the ones they're you know that used to be Asperger, used to be Asperger, and uh, they um, they do want to fit in, and they you know they get depressed and, and yeah. they have all kinds of issues because they do want to fit in i've always felt like and i don't know if i'm right or not but i've always felt like trent doesn't really care about fitting in and and that and maybe he does though i mean we just we just can't know um okay so while trent was in school was there any like tension between you guys as parents and the schools like Mom, you mentioned trying to stay out of it when he was when you were working at the school that he was at. Um, did anybody like not like you or like could you <laughs> tell like, oh, that's your kid's trend. I don't want to talk to you. I now. really I mean, there I know there are parents who could say that that they um they felt like their child wasn't wanted somewhere or something. But um, like I've said before, I really feel like he, we were very fortunate that the people who worked with him really cared for him, but they mm-hmm. also, they also knew their limit. And when it yeah. came to the point where I can't do this anymore, we totally understood that. Yeah. Um, and so I'd say that the most difficult was when, you know, he'd been in a classroom that could meet his behavioral needs, but not his academic. So that we moved him to a, um, less restrictive classroom that was still high need. They could meet his academic needs. They couldn't meet his behavioral needs. And yes. then we had a meeting because they wanted to send him back to the behavioral classroom. And we had a meeting with those two teams and that got kind of heated, mm-hmm. but it wasn't um, directed towards us as parents. It was the two teams yeah. kind of um, trying to determine if the one team had done enough taken enough data had tried enough things mm. and um it it just got it very was, stressful for them it was, and we were in the middle of it it was more so of like the two schools and not necessarily aimed at yeah. you guys yeah that's how i felt yeah i mean that's yeah better. but we always <laughs> felt very supported yes and and again it's i think we mentioned earlier we, it was a very different experience for us in a in a smaller, right, you know, more rural setting mm-hmm. than most of the people that we have talked to outside of our district, our, of our uh, county, our county, yeah, um, you know, from other because because through Heart Spring we've met people from mm-hmm. Illinois, uh, California. California, you know, yeah. uh, even Wichita, Iowa, you know, other parts of the country, and and their experience with their school districts was very different, and having yeah. to sue their school district to get the care. We didn't have any of those experiences, but Trent did. Um, I, I think Trent, like you mentioned, Andy, that, uh, that, that, that those teachers knew their limits or whatever. If they didn't, Trent 
Trent helped a lot of programs find their limits <laughs> and, <laughs> like, and a lot of people probably, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like always went in going, we can handle this. You know, I've never, like we've had teachers be like, I've never had a student that I couldn't handle. Have and, you met Trent? And then, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we were always very understanding that, yes, we know he's a difficult case. And maybe you haven't come across as difficult of a case. And I, I and know there, it was I know there are, quiet, there are like cases that are just as difficult. But in that time, when he was going through school, um, it just seemed to be unusual. Yeah. And uh, they were forgiving of that. We were forgiving of that. I felt like there was never yeah, any dissension between us and the schools. Was there any school that you went to that you thought maybe they could have made more accommodations or made the experience better for Trent or just special needs classroom in general? I don't want you to throw any school under the bus, but just <laughs> like saying. I think I think we, we like we were just talking about um, me going into the school and working mm-hmm. for the school. In that setting, I think that was probably the closest I came to like, and it was it was during that time we were like this is not working because Trent it was supposed to be in a classroom with other students and he was not it was completely yeah. segregated he spent his whole day in a large middle sized classroom mm-hmm. by himself with only adult adult staff mm-hmm. and then when I came to work it was just me and Trent um, and then diff, different um, paras or a teacher or whatever would come in and do a lesson with him and yeah. I would be there as a support but he was not integrated at all yeah but we also knew that we were on the they were buying time they we were, were on the time. verge of him going to hard spring just yeah. waiting for that opening to come up yeah. um, and and it was kind of a survival yeah time but yeah he and that's we're gonna have an ex- episode about hard spring mm-hmm. right and about that so mm-hmm. we'll save some of that for then but um but I think that was the, then the first time that it was like those two pieces came together. Mm-hmm. The, the academic and the behavioral piece came together where he could be in a classroom. And yeah. So I don't remember how old right. was he when he and went even there. Though, so that, so he was six, 11. So even though he had no, um, I mean, he should have had peer interaction, but it was scary. He was dangerous. Yeah. And it was just one of those things. But yeah. Yeah. Okay, so what about um, like appointments, like oh, doctor's yeah. appointments, dentist appointments, eye doctor? He does. Did he even wear... see the dentist for the first ten years of his life? <laughs> yeah, we, we, we went to that um, pediatric. Oh yeah. Dentist. Okay, so we went yeah. to that pediatric. I don't know if I told you this. He attends my friend's church. I actually had lunch yeah, with him a that. few years ago, and I was like, "Dude, Trent's you saved dentist? our life." Yeah. Yeah. That's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and he's and he he's would, kind of a goofball. Trent, and so it's weird to sit yeah. and have lunch with him. Trent yeah. has always been put under for even just a checkup. Oh, yeah. Um, and so the dentist appointments were, when we saw him in the office, he would just like open, Trent would just open oh, his yeah. mouth and he'd look he'd in look there. Like quick. nobody has ever put their fingers <laughs> yep, in Trent's no. mouth. No dentist anyway. Yep, yep. Yeah. Nobody's been brave enough to. And he's not anxious with the doctor. I mean, he'll even let them draw his blood now. Oh, that was a freaky really? thing. Yeah, okay, he so does. we should tell those stories. Do you, do you remember when he had the EKG at St. Francis? Oh, that was miserable. We we like held him. They had to put all that stuff on. Yeah. Oh, that was oh, yeah. so hard. Um but when he was so we we went in 
uh, I think I took him. You were there too. We took him in for an appointment with a pediatric developmental specialist. Just an, and they were like, we don't have any records of Trent's like blood work or anything. And we're like, oh yeah, good luck getting blood yeah. from him. You know, like You're because like, we tried to. For yeah, <laughs> we tried to work that. Like we and we told him if he sees a needle coming towards his body, he is going to freak out. Yeah. And so because he, we tried he does that to, with scissors, like yeah. To, we never cut his hair with scissors because you go close at all, and he is. Oh yeah, upset. so so um, we we would try to schedule that with like any time he was going to be put under for something, mm. we would try to like yeah. be like you need to draw blood while he's out, yeah, <laughs> so that we can. But anyway, it something had happened, and he hadn't had blood work done for like years or something, and we were there one day, and she was just like, "Well, do you want to try it?" And I don't know what possessed us, but we were like. I guess let's I don't try. think I was there. I think you told me about it later. Yeah, maybe. I don't remember. Anyway, so we go into the room and the, you know the nurse comes in. I'm like, "You better be good at this because you're only going to get one shot." Yeah. <laughs> and uh and you know, we don't know. So I sat in the chair and sat him on my lap and I had like my legs wrapped around his legs mm-hmm. and I was holding his arms like his one his other arm down and around his body like I was wrapped up around him mm-hmm. uh, and then watching my head because he could headbutt really hard like backwards at that time so I was I was ready um, and the nurse came in and she got everything ready and we're like trying to talk to him and keep him calm and everything and that little booger he he just watched her get the needle out and she put the thing on his arm and she just shoved the needle Oh, this was the thing that was crazy. I Like, I'm holding him. Mm-hmm. He did not flinch at all when the needle went in his arm. I'm 50 that years old. I flinch every single time yeah. they put the needle. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> he did not move. Like, didn't move a muscle, didn't flinch. He just, yeah. and he literally, he watched them draw the blood like like he was watching a show on TV or something. Like, just. <laughs> yeah. And they, they. They drew the blood and they pulled the needle out and they were like, all done. And he just, (laughs) (laughs) and was totally freaked out. Sometimes he surprises us. Although the next time we went in and they wanted to take blood again, he, he was much less (laughs) compliant because he knew what was coming, I guess, at that point. And we were able to get it, but I really had to work to get him to calm Mm -hmm. down that second time. But yeah, uh, I don't notice though, if we take him to the doctor that he really has a lot of anxiety from it. He he seems seems pretty comfortable. He's had to go to a lot of doctor's appointments in his life. Yeah, you know, when he was little, we went every three months and they didn't, they just talked to us mostly. So, and we'd have to tell him, you know, I recall times where we would like have to prep him as we were going to the doctor. Yeah. That you're not going to, you know, they're not going to do this. They're not going to do that. They're just, we're just going to talk or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and also we, but, what, what I feel bad about is that we weren't able to get a good eye exam for yeah. him. Yeah. And he didn't, I mean, they tried to do screenings at schools, school and things, but I think he was, I think he was 15 when we took him to the, I, well, I talked to our eye doctor and I said, mm-hmm. um, I can, I told them about him and like, have you ever worked with a child like this before? And, oh yeah, let's give it a try. I really want to try this. And um, most people don't know that they can like tell your prescription without you saying a word. Holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> I all mean, those they just look at his eyes. One or two. 
two my Lord. or three. That stresses three, me out. Yeah, I know that's horrible. <laughs> I'm like, can't you just do this without yeah, me? Yeah, and saying, I, I told them, don't ask him the one or two, you know, animals yeah. or yeah. anything because he doesn't understand the question. He doesn't yeah. understand. The you only know. thing he can do well is at the doctor. Yeah, not in general. Yeah, not in general. <laughs> at, Draw, like that's at the eye do. doctor, yeah. <laughs> you know, when they put the put the letters up because he knows yeah. he he can tell them he what can read the, the letter is. Oh, okay. And after the first couple times of being there, he's like he knows the procedure. You take this thing and you put it yeah. over your one eye, and then you switch it to the other eye, and so he handles that um, pretty well now. Mm-hmm. And they don't blow the puff in. They didn't blow the puff in his eye. Oh, yeah. oh thank goodness! And I don't I think they do that, that at all no, anymore. I've, I was with him when they did it one time. Really? Yeah. I didn't. They didn't but do he it when was, I did. Did he yeah. go? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't a big fan of it, but yeah. you know, he just, uh, you know, how he gets, he just gets nervous and anxious, yeah. and he like shakes, and he doesn't yeah. want to be there. But yeah. But okay. we're fortunate that he he's he more handles. compliant. Yeah. And I don't know that we've. Know, surely we've talked about this. You know, when when he was diagnosed, the only thing we knew was like we've said this before, Rain Man. Yeah. Right. And Rain Man didn't don't touch me. Yeah. You know, be, Trent is opposite of that. He's always appreciated strong touch. Mm-hmm. He likes to be held and hugged. And, <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, we're very like we've we said when he was young, like God knew, like like we don't think we've talked about this before. We don't think. God looks for parents and goes, oh, that's a good family. Right. I'm going to give them this child with a with a struggle or a challenge. We don't think that is is how it works. Um, but there's grace in the midst of in the midst of that of that struggle. And so it would have been so much more difficult to deal with him if he if he didn't like to be touched. Yeah. Or wasn't willing to be touched. And I wonder if maybe some of that goes back to being in church. And so he was completely passed around like every yeah. little baby. You come to church, everybody holds you, everybody. I think he just des- desires that deep pressure. Yeah. And that's how he how he gets it. But I feel so bad about waiting so long to have an eye doctor yeah. really examine him because he needed glasses. Yep. And he and, loves his glasses. Yeah. And and from the first day he had them, he doesn't want to go without them, and he takes good care of them. And I'm like, wow, he really needed was, these. Do you uh, remember in the very be- like I felt so bad. We were talking about like, uh, we're gonna have to buy glasses for him all the time. You know, like a normal kid, like mm-hmm. he's gonna break them. Yeah, and- you just you expect to have to replace your kid's glasses all the time. And the only times we have had to replace his glasses is when other students <laughs> right. at Heart Spring had. Took him off his face and, and broke him. Took him off his face and broke him. Yeah. <laughs> he, Which and, then and were he like... made him very upset. Like oh, he, yeah. He, very upset. Every night he goes to bed, and he's done this since the day day one of getting his glasses. He takes his glasses off, he folds them up, he puts them in the case, and you can hear it. Yeah. Yep. You can hear it close in the morning, you can hear it snap open, and he puts them on. <laughs> I don't even have a case for my glasses. <laughs> yeah. And He's he knows great. where his now, is at all now, times. The other thing is, though, he does not clean them. And yeah. he does not tell anybody when they need to be oh, cleaned. Oh, I know. And so he's he looking He doesn't tell anybody anything, so. Gar- well, that's true. <laughs> that's, but uh, like, that's on you know, us. I would think that <laughs> he would, you, you know, like, you would think that it would go like. You'd think Sometimes he would take I them wonder- and hand them yes, to you. Yeah. Yes. Or something. But because yeah. lit- like they are horrible. Like there's yeah. no way you can see through well, these things. Well, it's like and he when just his, he's out of to toilet care. paper in his bathroom. He won't tell me I need toilet paper. He won't bring me the empty roll. He just. You have to just yeah. check on these things because he will not. He will not. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. did you ever get any uh, like pushback from 
professionals like doctors or dentists or eye doctors of when he was um 12 months old mm-hmm. we took him for his well baby and yeah. and he the doctor said how are things going i said well he hasn't said any words yet because babies usually by nine or ten months are saying dada they're saying bye bye mm-hmm. he's not saying these things that's rule and then the doctor said um well, he's a boy. Boys are slower to develop these kinds of things. And and uh, then 15 months, took him back there. I'm a little concerned he's still not saying anything. He not doesn't saying, point. Not pointing. He yeah. doesn't do these things. And he said, well, I still think he's just slower to develop. He's a boy. And then he said, uh, I said, well, I, I don't, I think there's something wrong. And I was not in, I was not in special ed yet. I was not working in the schools even, you know, mm-hmm. I, I didn't know exactly what to expect, except that I had two other kids. Yeah. And so I, you know, I, I knew it was different and he said, okay, for your peace of mind, I'll send you, I'll send him to St. Francis. Yeah. Not because I think he needs it. But right. So you feel better. Yes. By so, the way, we love our doctor. He's been we our do. He's still doctor, doctor for 20 years or something. And oh, he, that was that? That was yeah. him? Yes. Yeah. And he will, he will say he was, you were right. You know, That's so funny, but, um, well, he Trent says was young. So we went, whatever, so we went to, um, British, <laughs> British. Yes. <laughs> we went to a speech eval and an OT eval and he was he was at about nine months for the speech mm. um which meant he didn't have any words yet which, yeah I'm like, I don't even <laughs> you know, know I, I don't know <laughs> he didn't babble he didn't you know yeah. a lot of things he didn't do so um but he made noises like, like we said was not, he does yeah, admit when he's wrong and he continued to be his yeah. doctor although um his main doctor was a specialist as he was growing up mm-hmm. till he turned 21 although so. he might not say he was wrong he will just say you were right <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. what about um like have you gone to see like a new eye doctor or a new dentist and them not want to have him no because we're pretty careful about making sure they're someone who's familiar just yeah. because he's yeah, pretty, ex- it's pretty extreme pretty, case yeah we had a very difficult time when he turned 21 and he went on um, Medicaid and just finding where do you go for a dentist now? Like who yeah. takes Medicaid? Mm-hmm. Cause yeah. not all of them take it. And, and where can, where will they put him under? Cause mm-hmm. most places won't put him under. Yeah. So um, we ended up at Grace Med, which um, is turned out to be fantastic. Yeah, I mean, we take him job. in every year too <laughs> for for a dental checkup and they'll do whatever work needs to be done. They'll do it there while he's out and they've been fantastic. Yeah. And, and grace med serves, serves a lot of, um, high, high, uh, economic need people, yeah. mm-hmm. I guess. I mean, I sure there are homeless people in there when we go, mm-hmm. um, but they know what they're doing and they really, they really have yeah. taken good care of him yeah, and we're fantastic. there the whole time. Um, good. We've so. had some, you know, in every one of those situations, even when the doctors and staff are, are great, you know, we've still had to sometimes sit in the chair and hold him down and restrain him or yeah. be with him all the time, but he's gotten much better at it now. And, um, yeah, it's trying to think about the last time we were there and he, you know, he handled that like he's got, you know, he needs mom and dad to, to be there and to hold his hand yeah. and, like it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And and he and he makes his whiny noises and yeah. he doesn't like it, but he, 
but he goes he goes through it. <laughs> You've always been good at imitating. But <laughs> I remember, like, I think was it then when we had to, oh, uh, it was like Frankenstein, Frankenberry. Frankenberry and Johnson. Yeah, that. Mm-hmm. And they we went in to have something done there, and they had to, like, it was 600 bucks out of pocket to have them put him under mm. to have that done well and, and it was, was another company that had to come in and do that yeah. he didn't have medicaid yet yeah mm. we yeah we, we ended up paying a thousand dollars out of pocket for just a checkup for them to say Holy he's fine and we had dental insurance yeah <laughs> and medical insurance but i think and i think your um, your parents maybe did they do some of that but anyway it was very very good and it, yeah and then they we go through this whole big procedure and pay all this money and they go they go it looks good yeah so of all of our kids like like trent's the biggest struggle with him but um as far as a health wise like he just hardly ever gets sick yeah we don't have yeah we don't have big medical expenses with him we didn't have to right. we didn't have to have braces like we did with other children physically his, yeah his yeah. his teeth have you know it's been like he's needed work here and there but it's been very good and uh yeah cool well thanks guys mm-hmm. you're welcome you're welcome Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Used Up Pins podcast. Uh, Tristan, we only have one review for uh, me to read to you this week. Hmm. This one comes from Todido, Todio, T-O-D-D-E-O. All right. Uh, He says, excellent and insightful. My family is not touched by autism, though I have many friends whose families are. I've always wanted to understand their children and daily lives better. This podcast does an incredible job. It's authentic and very real. The good, the bad, and everything in between. Sweet. That's what we strive for is authenticity here at the Used Up Pens. Yeah. And (laughs) thank you for um, wanting to understand other people more. That's great. Absolutely. Uh, I wanted to say a quick thing. So we have, uh, Tristan, about... 250 uh, listens that come through the pod that come through the podcast Sweet. Um, every time we have a new episode. So I just kind of wanted to put out a call. If you have not um, given us a review or a rating, highly encourage that you do that. We're really trying to get this information out to people and uh, spread the word about people with ASD and how uh, to encourage awareness of that. Um, and so if you could just share this with a friend or a family member, that's going to be the best way uh, for us to get this information out to those people. Uh, if you've seen Trent on TikTok and you follow some of his artwork, he does uh, have uh, merchandise and things like that. Can you tell us where we can find that at, Tristan? Yeah, just go to drawingsbytrent.com. Yeah, and he's got shirts and hats and letters and all kinds of great and coloring books. I think that's the biggest question we get asked is, does he have coloring books? And he mm-hmm. has two, and they're both great. Yeah. You can also follow Trent on social media uh, at Drawings by Trent on both TikTok and on Instagram and just Drawings by Trent on Facebook. Uh, we're kind of wrapping up the end of the first half of the season. We're only going to have a couple more episodes. Um, we're probably going to wrap up around early December and then take a little bit of a break for uh, Christmas and all of that in the holiday season. And we'll be back in January, but stick around with us for a few more weeks. Uh, we got two more episodes. So, uh, We just want to say uh, thank you for all your support uh, through these past few weeks starting this podcast. And as always, thanks for listening.